Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And much like I've promised on social media that I was doing a few Star Wars podcasts coming up, it is finally here. And like every other podcast to do, I have a guest with me. Otherwise, I'd be talking to myself and nobody wants to hear that. Who is with me today? I don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> well, that's too damn bad. That's the reason why you wanted to do this in the first place. I know. I know. It's your old buddy, uh, Mike Wilson, again. Yay! Yay. And we're going to be talking about Star Wars! <laughs> fucking love Star Wars! <laughs> fucking love Star Wars! But we're not just talking about anything Star Wars related. We're doing something very specific. We're talking about Star Wars video games. It's mostly... Oh, theme music? Yeah, theme music. <laughs> podcast today is not just just Star Wars games, it's it's basically our favorite Star Wars games, the ones that we played a lot, really stuck with us, I mean, there's too many games to cover, they go back since 1982, right, I mean, even if you're one of the people that have played all of them, you'd be here forever, you'll make several podcasts trying to, yeah, you had to break all. it down, like, almost in, in a certain era at that point, so we're really just sticking with our most favorite ones, mm. um, Tim, you can begin, um, we we started with at least, and I've, the reason why like the how I made my list is the games I owned that and really stuck with me because I've owned a few Star Wars games that didn't really stick with me. But the first ones are part of the stupid the, the um Super Star Wars trilogy. I know I almost said stupid too. The stupid Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> stupid Star Wars trilogy. That's the prequels. Uh, oh, uh, the Super Star Wars trilogy was for the Super NES. I didn't own all three. I owned uh, Super Empire and Super Jedi. I wish I could own a Super Jedi because that just sounds really cool just saying it like that. I own Super Jedi. Oh, yeah? Yep. That's cool, bro. <laughs> and the Super NES was a system that was that was specifically bought for me. Like My, my family had a uh, regular uh, original Nintendo entertainment system. My sisters played it when they did play video games, which was very brief. And then I played it. However, the Super NES was definitely for me specifically. And with Super Empire Super Jedi, it was something that it, it cemented the uh, a certain fascination with classic games with me. Because I remember my sold with Super NES uh, for money for my PS1. I was holding the money in my hand and I immediately regretted it. So, but I guess this is how things goes. But with Super Empire and Super Jedi, the one thing I always remember, it was really tough. It was really hard to get through, and despite even, like, how awesome it is just to have Luke do constant flips with his lightsaber and just cut down everything in front of you, that still wouldn't get you out of every jam and, and, and that was thrown at you. And I think I end up playing Super Jedi a little bit more because, at the time, I was a bigger Jedi fan than Empire Strikes Back, because that had more action and that wasn't as much of a drama. I had those Ewoks that was good for little children like you. Yes. But, um, 
Did you have any memories playing that when they originally came out? Not when they originally came out. I played them as rentals pretty much after I'd already had Nintendo 64 and everything. We go to mm-hmm. Blockbuster like every week. Right. Rent stuff. I, I rented them and just the difficulty I found was way too off-putting. Yeah, because I, if I remember correctly, there was no conti- – were there any continues or – There were more- continues. Okay. But it was just – I had know. to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I didn't know if it was one of those games where like you got one life. Go no, kind of no, things, no, that that. and um, but also like weird, a weird moment in, in Super uh, Empire is like when you're at the first like level where you're trying to escape the cave as Luke Skywalker, and, and the the final boss is like this takes up the entire screen. And it's supposed to be like giant monster and stuff like that. I'm like that wasn't in the movie. Even then, I was just like. This isn't exactly like the movie. I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm just gonna keep flipping and cutting them down. And when did you eventually buy them? Uh, last year, actually. Nope, two years ago. And Finally bought them. Was that around the same time you got your Super NES? Or was that no, no, no. I've had my Super NES since I was 11 years old. Okay, that's your original. Super that's NES. my original Super NES. We're doing, we're we're uh, recording this at my house yet again. Yes. And I mean, Tim can see my uh, plethora of game consoles I have right in front of him. Yes, one, two... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen! Lucky, lucky thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, 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 like, they were rentals. I didn't finally get them until two years ago at mm-hmm. a thrift store. Right. I think they were, like, ten dollars each. That's that's worth it. I mean... I, I think. I mean, I bought all three of them at once, and I know back then I was making money, so... Yeah. How times have changed, but... <laughs> <laughs> Zing. And, um... Now, people who are, like, listening to this right now and want to go back, would you recommend for them going back and playing these games specifically? If you can handle the difficulty, yes, because they are well made. Mm-hmm. There is pl- there's plenty of power-ups and plenty of health and stuff. It's not like you're just going in there against all odds. You know, every time you kill an enemy, he drops health. Yeah. There's so many tricky platforms. It's a two- they're 2D platforming games, basically. Yeah. You have some pseudo-3D stuff with, like, the land speeder mm-hmm. and... Um, did X-Wing they, and... Do they have a biker, like the... Uh, yes. Speed of bike chase? Okay. Speed of bike chase. You also have Battle of Hoth in there. So there is some pseudo threes. Those are pretty tough, too. Yeah. You have to be very careful what you do. It takes a lot of getting used to with those levels, at least. Mm. But if you can handle the extreme difficulty, I mean... Uh, and 2D platformers back then were all about being difficult, so... Yeah, that's true. And it, it probably will go down history with me... As one of my favorite Super NES games, along with Batman Returns. They're, they're tough, but fair. If you, if you have the patience to really sit down and play them, you can have a good time. Rather than, like, why isn't it just tell me exactly where to go? Why can't I just complete this really quickly? Uh, because you, you have this... Is that certain, how it goes? Yeah. Exactly. Because uh. <laughs> you, know, you know there's certain demographics of video game players are like that really just want to play for the sake of it, but there's some people who enjoy a challenge and... Do it like whether it was also a simpler time too. All you do is go left, right, up, and down. You know, yeah. You have the the four face buttons, your two shoulder buttons. That's true. Start selecting a D pad. Then what was the, what's uh, your first choice for uh, video games? Well, since I am the the uh, senior member of this duo, <laughs> my, I go all the way back to like the Atari and everything. I first played the very first Star Wars game ever, Empire Strikes Back, on Atari twenty six hundred. I mean. That was before I even knew what Star Wars was. That's how little I was. And it was you, you right. played it before seeing any of the movies. I played it before seeing any of the movies. Huh? How how did you come across it? 
it was just sitting there in my uncle's bedroom. Oh, okay. We were up there because my uncle was still, well, he still is living with my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he had an Atari 2600. I'd always come up, play the video games, and I'd just, I would just pick stuff. Mm. Just whatever, whatever label on the cartridge looked cool. I'd pick it up, pop it in. Gotcha. It was one of the few that did. I mean, most of them were just plain text. Right. So popped it in, played it, you know. It didn't really stand out too much to me. It was, But back then it was all about high score. It wasn't about beating a game. Yeah. You just kill as many walkers as you can to get a high score. Gotcha. Uh, continuing on, I never played any of the NES games up until recently because no, no one I knew had them. My family didn't have them. Right. Uh, Super NES games, like I said, they were rentals. The first real Star Wars game that I sat down and really went through was Shadows of the Empire on, on Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. That that blew me the f- the fuck away. Is that so? It truly did. Just because of the just because of the leap, and I always say this. I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon with the whole kids today thing, right? But I really do feel like a lot of younger people, at least even even from your generation, if their memories aren't the best, yeah, and a little long, younger than you, I, I feel like there's something that you just missed out on in that transition from 2D to 3D. How so? From Super Nintendo, because it, it, it changed everything. That's true. Overnight, you go from Mario just jumping around in you know eight directions. To now you can walk anywhere in this big open world. Yeah, you got, I, I mean, like Mario sixty four is like one of those yeah. revolutionary games. That it always it, that's why N64, I marvel. N sixty four is one of my favorite consoles of all time, just because of that. Even though I, I fully acknowledge that the PlayStation was a better console that sold better, mm-hmm. I love the N sixty four because I love Mario. Mario sixty four blew me away. Like I, I, I walked to my stepbrother's house. He got it first. Mm-hmm. He lives like a few blocks away. I walked to his house in the pouring rain just to play Mario sixty four for twenty minutes because <laughs> I had to be back for some appointment. Right. Orthodontist. I had to be back so that someone could fuck with my teeth. So I, I played Mario 64 for 20 minutes, and it was amazing. It, and, it was and, made, and made the orthodontist that much more bearable. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> but it, it was one of those things where you play the N64, at least for me, where you play this thing, and it feels like you're playing games for the first time. Yes. It's like you had like almost a little bit, not an epiphany, but you had a... I had a life-changing experience yeah. with video games. It was games. a tentpole moment. It's like, whoa. Shadows of the Empire was one of those because the first thing it throws you into is the Battle of Hoth. Right. With the score, the John Williams score, playing, albeit in a shitty sample rate and low quality. Right. In the background, but you're flying a goddamn land speeder. Mm-hmm. You're knocking down probe droids and ATSTs, And then the AT-AT walkers, you could either shoot at them forever to kill them or you could wrap the tail cable around their legs. And the one thing that Shadows of the Empire did that I, I feel like none of the other later games that still have the Battle of the Hoth do is they change the camera angle so that you could they give it more of a cinematic angle so you could see yourself going around right and you could rope them up easier right um when it came to the rest of the game there, there was quite a bit of variety in shadows of the empire the uh third person action stuff yeah it was cool yeah i mean the con- the controls were yeah well that's clunk, like uh, I mean, dunk. It, it had to give somewhere yeah, like you, you were blown away by the visuals of the game that you were willing to forgive at the, at least at the time. Visual sound, the gameplay was serviceable, but it could have used more work. He jumps like he's on the fucking moon. <laughs> the only one, the only, the only way it would be worse is if he were in Virtual Fighter. Oh god, the first virtual, the first two Virtual Fighters. <laughs> he jumps funny. Freaking trying trying to get turned around and everything is, is rough. You'll get like seven laser blasts, knock your health down before you fully get turned around to find out where they're coming from. Exactly. Because the draw distance on the N64 is so shitty. It's nothing but a fog machine. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But you can get through it. You can play it. Hmm. It's very playable. The uh, 
spaceship levels where you're flying in the Outrider, which is, you know, Dash Rendar, the character, his version of the Millennium Falcon, basically. Yeah. Was awesome. You're sitting in there as the gunner. Your robot co-pilot is piloting, so you don't got to worry about that. Yep. Got to keep your eyes on things. You have that. You later on have a uh, speeder bike chase where you got to kill this swoop gang that's going to Obi-Wan Kenobi's house to kill Luke Skywalker. Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. You have a fast, you know, speeder bike. You fly over the Sarlacc pit or in it if you can't drive. Right. <laughs> you go through Beggar's Canyon, not in a T-16, but you can drive oh, through it. Okay. It's cool. And then finally, the very last level of the game, you take over piloting and you got to fly inside um, the villain, she's always Skyhook. Yeah. Skyhook base and blow it up from the inside. Mm. It's like a combination of, you know, Return of the Jedi flying in mm. plus, you know, A New Hope shooting shit on the inside. You got a Star Destroyer. You just have this grand space battle and you are – you can do anything basically. And if there was – other than like the, you said the controls, what would be a negative of that game? Um, Probably – it's just the, the limitations of the N64. Okay. Low sample rate because it was on a cartridge. Poor draw distance because of all the N64's many visual quirks. Did the game exceed do. its grasp? Uh, what do you mean? They like did like we could try we could throw so much in, out in here and then like when it came down to it it wasn't like a hundred percent like it's what it, its needs exceeded its grasp like like oh we could do so many think cool things we could put things because we can do it in three D now. And some of the stuff is not really refined, other than the controls and stuff like that. Not okay. really. Just, okay. just the control. But if you were lucky enough to play it on PC, which from what I hear, the uh, recommended specs are still quite a mystery to this day. Mm-hmm. You had a PC good enough, you were treated to do a full motion video, mm-hmm. animated cutscenes with horrible, horrible voice acting, <laughs> but better graphics, better CD quality sound. Basically, all the limitations to the N64 gone, except, you know, you still have the shitty controls. Right. So, if you could track it down, I mean, it's not on Steam. If you could track down a copy of Windows. Which is, which is surprising. Version. I'm surprised it's not on Steam. I would it, like to see it come on Steam. I mean, do you think it'd be enough for, like... Uh, and obviously, the game sold well when it initially came out. you figure it would be enough... It would be worn enough for good downloads? I think so. Okay. If uh, nothing for a nostalgic trip. Gotcha. For people that don't have their N64 anymore, or hook it up to an HDTV and it looks... Puke. Yeah, and so moving on, uh, my uh, it's my turn now because we're gonna be doing we're gonna flip and flop when it comes to our games, but we're gonna do it in a chronological order. So we're gonna try we're to do it chrono- as chronological order as possible. As possible, we may skip around based on how we discovered the games, how we played them, but for the most part, this list is very chronological. And the next game that I own was Star Wars Rebel Assault Two. Now this was a game that was kind. Of, it was set after no no no. It was set before Return of the Jedi. Because Darth Vader is still alive. It is like kind of like after Empire. And it's about the Empire creating stealth TIE fighters. That would be invisible to sight and sensors. Those are the TIE advanced? Kind uh, Maybe. Maybe. And because it was weird because they had like kind of like three claws and like the... Um, I know, I'm, I'm trying to describe something visual on a podcast. You look like, like you're trying to finger someone. <laughs> shut up. Um... And you played this uh, rebel pilot named Rookie because you can fill yourself in if you just call him Rookie. Is it the same character from the Ghostbusters video game? Uh, he was pretty, also called Rookie. Yeah, pretty much. You have as much personality as it. And where you you go through flying missions that you can either be from a third-person perspective behind your your starfighter, first person when you're inside the, uh, the uh, ship itself, and then you would have other missions where... You, your character is kind of like just kind of painted against the background, and then you just turn around and have like weird animation to 
fire upon a- a- oncoming enemies and stuff like that. And the cutscenes were filmed cutscenes and stuff like that, but it was just really cheesy acting and stuff like that. And it was like, Darth Vader, yes. And it's just like, whoa. It's a, will... a beautiful, shitty 90s full motion video. Yep. And, and a night just... trap. Expect oh. Darth Vader to fucking start kidnapping young teenage girls. Oh. I mean, it wasn't as bad as like Crystal Walken and what, whatever the fuck that video game is. And it's just like, this guy is unfucking believable. And your character is trying to discover information about the uh, the stealth fighters. And it opens up with you taking back the Millennium Falcon from an empire, Imperial base and flying it through fucking tunnels and stuff like that. And it's just really cool. And I had a lot of fun playing it. And I know there is a little bit of the... Much like the Super NES games that they... For Super Jedi Super Empire... The difficulty is kind of tough. It, it, I could never get past the first level. Really? Anytime I played it, and I only got to play... I didn't really get to play much of it. Right. But what I have gotten to play, I can can barely get past... Isn't that where you're in the T-16 and you're flying through Beggar's Canyon? No. It's Rebel Assault 1, I think. Yeah. All right, I, my, my cousin Brian ha- owned that, but I never owned it. And... Yeah, because difficult... Like, it, that took me a long goddamn time to f- beat that game. And eventually ends with them just self-destructing all the self-ships... Uh, once you acquired one, you break out of the Empire's grasp and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, your chances of getting the uh, uh, <coughs> leg up for the for the uh, resistance gone. So you pretty much gain boils down to nothing when you really come. To, when I really think about it, that you've gone on this adventure and shit like that, but there's no real reward. It's kind of depressing now thinking about it. I've heard of worse endings. That's true. In the Star Wars games, we'll get to that. Oh, yes, for sure. And so I'd say, and like, other than the difficulty level and some of the cheesy cutscenes is, is a bit rough, i say is a r- highly recommend it if you could either get it on emulator Steam or... I don't think it's on Steam. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, good old games, GOG.com. Possibly. Or if I have you to look s- up Shadows of the Empire in there now. If you still have the original PS1 or PS2, that can pl- that's obviously backwards compatible. Or PS3. Or PS3. If, yeah, then play that, and you'll have a good time with that. Now, what is your next game on the list, sir? My next one on the list uh, sort of sort of follows with the whole uh, stealth TIE thing. Mine is X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Now, what is that? I've heard about that. I never played any that, of it. The, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter series were two separate series originally. I The first I ever played was a demo of the original TIE Fighter. Uh-huh. Um... On my old PC. Now, those... I don't want to call them flight simulation games, because they're not. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of flight simulation Elements. to them. Gotcha. Where you have to... Where, obviously, you know, you're dogfighting in space. You have objectives. Destroy this. Inspect that. Mm-hmm. You know, escort this. Plenty of fighting. You know, space battles and stuff. All about space battles. Right. But you have to actually manage your ship as if you are you are in the cockpit piloting it. Oh, shit. It is not very arcadey. I chose X-Wing versus TIE Fighter ultimately because I, I did get my hands on TIE Fighter. But X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, it was more advanced. Mm-hmm. The graphics were better. You had, you know, a campaign for both. It was, it was sort of the, the best of both, X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Best! Oh! Both worlds! Get out my house! <laughs> I felt it was the best things. Very, very stripped, the stripped down best things. Because there was, in, in X-Wing and TIE Fighter, there was a lot of walking around your base, which is usually just point and click, and then you move to a next room, next room. Right. But it, it was more stripped down, and better graphics, better sound, CD-ROM. I, I loved, you know, you get into your ship, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you have your objective, you have to... 
distribute your you have to you have to distribute power to all your parts of your ship. So, say you're piloting like an X-wing or one of the Tie Advanced, right. something with shields. You have to allot enough power to your shields mm-hmm. to get get enough protection for while you're going, and they recharge over time. Right. But you also have to distribute to laser power, so you have to you have to manage everything. Gotcha. And say me, I would usually max out my shields, mm-hmm. like um, in Star Wars when they're talking in the uh, X-wing trench in the de- uh, the Death Star trench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking about you know like full full, uh, full deflector shields forward or whatever. You could distribute all your deflector shields forward, backward, or evenly oh, all four areas. Gave so many more variables to to. Uh... You could do that also, but you could also boost it in your laser power so your attacks are better. But you're you're more vulnerable to attacks. Yeah, you have to distribute your power evenly. Gotcha. And the more you distribute it, you know, you take away from your engine your speed, so you might be a little slower. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you to figure out how it goes. You could fire all kinds of different missiles, rockets. You have the proton torpedoes. My favorite was the heavy rockets because they did a shitload of damage. Right. But so they, people could also lock on and fire at you. And you also have things like uh, chaff to disperse to get rid of them. Mm. But you got to be careful of that. Alarm will start going off. Your ship takes varying degrees of damage. Right. Your uh, R2 unit will get killed at times. Oh, shit. You can even call in reinforcements. That lowers your score, unfortunately. Because you're, it's the game's... Think you're kind of copping out just a little bit. You also have secondary and tertiary objectives to do. Gotcha. Like there was one where you have to blow up this uh, Imperial freighter, mm. and your secondary objective, a Star Destroyer, shows up, and you could either stick around and destroy it. Right. Most of your crew just fucking leaves after the main objective's gone, so you're there by yourself. You usually get blown to blown to shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I still do it anyways. I'm gonna take it on, son of a bitch. It's, it's a lot more. It's a lot more in depth than a game like Rogue Squadron or Starfighter. Which you mentioned before, you kind of you that you liked Rogue Squadron, but it like I do. it was kind of disappointing in comparison. To I played this. Rogue Squadron afterwards. Right. Well, Rogue Squadron came out afterwards. I played it, and just the fact that it wasn't as deep. You have your targeting computer; you could target different things. Right. Once you get close enough, and your cursor is lined up on him, it'll turn green, so you know you take take your shot. Right. Same thing with the missiles; you got to lock onto it, lock onto it long enough, and once the thing's beeping, it's away. You know. Right. So I, you could I, disable aircraft if you have it, like like they had pretty much everything from start like four different types of Tie fighters. You had the Tie fighter, the Tie bomber, mm. Tie interceptor, Tie advanced. The advanced was the only one with shields. Gotcha. So you could pick off Tie fighters like crazy. On the rebel side, you had X wing, A wing, Y wing. Um, I think you even had a B wing there too. What was, what was your favorite of them? X wing. Gotcha. Because you had you had the four lasers, and you could actually. Um, Choose how many you want to fire at once. You could have one. You could have uh, one shot at a time where it'll shoot one, two, three, four from each four points on the X-wing. Right. You could have two where it'll shoot alternating diagonally one, gotcha. two, one, two, or have all four at once. But when you do all, the more you do, the, your rate of fire slows. Yeah. Would you do, would you use the I, I, the two alternating? Gotcha. Other ships like the Y-wing had ion cannon, ion lasers for disabling right. equipment. So you could disable a, like if, if your your uh, primary objective was to disable a freighter. Mm. Disable an Imperial freighter so that it could be boarded mm. and taken over, not blow it up. Yeah, disable it. You mostly use the ion cannon. Gotcha. Now I just kind of having a moment here, like God, we are so nerdy talking about that. Whether the the differences between ion cannons or proton torpedoes, eh, whatever. Ah, right, fuck them. Um, what would you say would be a negative for this game? Um. It can be a bit complicated. I remember I had to have, like, the, every time I played it, 
which was a lot. I had to have like the full, uh, like fold out that came with it with the controls. There was an overlay for your keyboard. Oh Jesus! It wasn't anything extreme. It's not like one of those flight simulator games where you need like two control sticks, a special, you know, deck for stuff. Yeah. It wasn't that elaborate, but mm-hmm. the controls could be a bit much. And then you'd learn all these new things about that you never knew before, mm-hmm. and it would help you so much. There's a lot to remember. All right, and would you recommend for people to check it out? Absolutely. It's on Steam. I just recently got it during the Christmas sale mm-hmm. with the uh, Star Wars like Ultimate Collection. Normal price, $99. I got it for 20 Gotcha. That sale is over, so. Womp, womp, womp. But That's you could also get, you could also get that uh, on, um... Did I actually get? I don't know if I got that actually. Well, I know I got a shitload of games, but I know it's all it's 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 on there. It's on GOG. It's on Steam. You can get it. Got gotcha. it. release that. And the next game we're going to talk about, we're both going to talk about because these are games that we both <laughs> own because there are tie-ins with the uh, main storyline movies: Star Wars: The Phantom Menace for PS One. Now, I have fond memories of this game because I played it so often, despite how the graphics were iffy. But also, it was kind of like my first introduction to RB uh, role-playing games because I didn't really play those when I was younger. The only reason why, because it had the multiple things you could say to a person and you have conversations with pretty much everybody. That was about the only role-playing element to it. Like I said, that was the only time I ever really got experience with that. And, of course, the other big thing is that you can kill anybody. Including Jar Jar Binks and Jake Lloyd, which I did regularly. Yeah, and you say... Mission failed. I'm like, no, I just saved the universe by killing this little shit. By killing both of them. Yes. You killed Darth Vader, and you killed the guy who gave the Emperor his power. Exactly. You just saved everybody. I don't know why I consider that a fail, but I guess pre uh, predestiny. You failed because you didn't do what George Lucas wanted you to. You didn't. Which is, actually is winning, so you still <laughs> accomplished your mission. Now, when did you first play the game? I first played it uh, year it came out. Um, I would definitely have to say that the quality of the game is just like the quality of the movie. Uh, that is somewhere around... Um, dog shit? Not just dog shit. I'm talking like rotting dog shit <laughs> in the hot sun, covered in garbage, and probably AIDS-riddled syringes <laughs> used. Now, I have a little more... Used five times. <laughs> I have a little more positive light with comes to the prequels. Well, Some of it, not all of it, because... Those are the first ones I saw in theaters, and I have very close fond memories with my granddad taking me to see the first two. And so the moments in the prequels I still enjoy, but not, all, not I'm not going to be immediately dismissive of everything. Well, don't get me wrong. I, 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 like, the game was poorly reviewed. Yeah. When I first played it, I was still in the anything 3D blows me the fuck away craze. Right. I Before I had N64, my stepfather... Being the the 40-something-year-old Atari fanboy he still was, bought an Atari Jaguar and Jaguar CD and every game that came from both, basically. So I got to experience the very painful birth of 3D (laughs) 3D games. But just the simple fact that you're in these 3D worlds and you can move around and do whatever you want, it was still mind-boggling. Right. The environments of Phantom Menace I really liked. The character models looked like they were carved out of wood. (laughs) That's how bad they were. But... The simple fact that you could use a damn lightsaber and deflect blaster bolts blew me away. Yeah. And if you were skilled enough and got your timing good enough when you fought Darth Maul, you could have a duel. Yeah, exactly. You could have a duel. I figured out how to beat him with a lightsaber. Normally, for a lot of people, for my stepbrother, I'd be watching him. He'd be sniping his ass far away with one of the laser guns. Yeah. Thermal detonator. Thermal detonator. Yeah, I went up there just one, two, three. I'm just watching his moves every swing. Once you get the timing down, because you hit the attack, the attack button is also the block slash deflect button, which is kind of tough. 
when you think about I it. I don't really find it too tough. Just because anytime something's coming at you, just hit the same button you use to attack. If you're far enough away, right, it'll deflect. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was incredible. I, I, I was, I was taken by it. Mm-hmm. I had the PC version because a neighbor of ours down the road had gotten it and it didn't work on the computer, so they just gave it to us. Gotcha. I plugged it in. Blown away, mesmerized. Um, and I remember, I remember one of the parts of what I always found really annoying was Qui Gon at the pod racing level, where you kind of just have to like get a few things for Anakin before the pod race itself. So you're running around the entire arena. Okay, yeah, parts. Yeah, and then you got to fight like Jabba's Rancor really quickly, and then got to fight one of his monsters. Yeah. Two. Then there was also. Um, when you're Captain Panaka on Coruscant, trying to get, trying to get uh, no force powers, n- even though you just played the whole game up to this point with force, the ability to do a double force jump, and and you're jumping cool around like a platform where you 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 have no, despite it being 3D, the dimension is really terrible, and you're trying to jump from one platform to another as him, and it's really freaking tough. That's when you get to the nitty gritty of how bad the game is when the force is no longer there to assist you. Yes. Well, I have more fond memories of Mos Espa, the the two levels where you're going around getting the parts. The first level I love the most, and, and but the, and my favorite exchange is when you were going past one of the uh, guys who's selling shit on the street. I better stand back, Mister. I'm about to slash all my prices, and he starts talking to you about shit, and you can just have a conversation with him or not. Well, I also like there's the one guy in the first Mos Espa level that's selling dung worms. You could walk through them, and everyone comments on your smell. The rest of the yes. levels. But my favorite thing was on the PC version, after I got a hold of the cheat codes, there was like a, a health code that you could use once and a switch character code that you could use. You could switch between the characters. They all had their independent health bars. Right. So you basically had four characters with all their health bars. You had Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Captain Panaka, and Padme, all their own health bars, and each of them you could do a full health code once. So what I did was I went around most Espa and killed everyone. <laughs> I literally completely emptied the town of all life <laughs> oh, during all this to the point where I would literally see thermal de- <coughs> excuse me thermal detonators coming out of the roof of one of these buildings just to kill to try and stop you because you're just a monster massacring this. But one- once you once you notice where those detonators are coming from, you could avoid them every time. <laughs> Everyone was dead except for the only three essential characters: Padme, Anakin, and Jar Jar. <laughs> Yet there's still the background noise of the crowd and everything. I literally killed everyone. Oh my god! I tried to do it in the second one with the pod race level, but eventually something would just pop up. Out of nowhere saying Jar Jar has been killed, Padme has been killed. Yeah. So they they basically come to a point where they stop letting you do that. Yes. But the levels were huge. You could explore so many secret areas. Yes. A lot of variety in the looks of the levels. I, I like in the second most obviously one was where you can go into the Jawas uh, yeah. walker in the back of like, you can go the, the sand crawler. The sand crawler, that's what that was fucking cool. Um <laughs> and one of the fight fair moments once you've like Defeated uh, Darth Maul, and you're like, "Ah, oh, yes, he's finally dead." And then Qui- if you don't go over to Qui Gon, he'll just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," just periodically groan for you to periodically get over, to get over there. You <laughs> yeah. know? So um, is, that, is that how he passively aggressively <laughs> asks you to pass the salt? Yeah, <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> um, what would you say would be uh, uh, the strongest positive of this game? Um. I'd say the, the uh, environments look very good. Uh, controls by now have definitely been far eclipsed oh, by sure. other games, so this will be something warm and fuzzy and nostalgic for you, for people out there who played it. Right. Other than that, if you're playing it for the first time, you're probably going to say, "What the hell is this?" Like, how can we just exist in a barbaric time? How like is, this? Yeah, you're going to say like, "How is this sold?" 
This feels incomplete. This is horrible. Uh, the platforming is garbage. Pretty much the most fun you will have is killing people in Mos Espa. And then, like, I love uh, and Naboo as you were as Obi-Wan. Like, my son is is caught, like, in, stuck between battle droids and, like, um, soldiers. And you rescue him and you can, you, like, you can execute both of them once you've gotten the back and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just killing innocent people is a lot of fun. Right before the pod race, you can kill R2 and C-3PO, and they still have lines, even though they're laying there in a pile of death. <laughs> oh, man. I'd say... And I guess the biggest negative is, is, is the... Everything. Everything right. else. <laughs> it's, it's age. It's, it's age. age. Gotcha. It's age. It's This is a game that has aged like milk in the sun. <laughs> and I remember um, one of my favorite things was there's a music video on the disc. Oh, the Duel of the Fates music Duel video? Duel of the Fates music with, like, behind-the-scenes footage of the making of Phantom Menace. was something I really enjoyed. I was don't know it why. just a bunch of guys sleeping at their desks? They did have they did have one part of, like, Lucas behind the monitor just, like, just kind of like, man, cut. Just lo- and just looking very disinterested. Oh, the movie, not the game. Oh, yeah, okay. no, 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 it's, it's about the movie and stuff oh. like that. Was it the one where he says we're never going to be Titanic? No one will? No. And now a Star Wars movie that he does not own and did not make has beaten Titanic? No, but I, I, I was just sealed in the irony for sure. Now, what would be the, the next? You have you have the next uh, game that we've chosen. What game do are we talking? Well, about? I asked for the to do the next one because it leads into it. As I have said, when I f- this is the first one I played that was really like the fir- the first game where you play as like a Jedi mm-hmm. for me at least, where you're deflecting lightsaber bolts, you're killing people with a lightsaber, you're using the Force. But it was not the first one. To come out where you could do that. No. It was the first one I could play. So I'm looking up Star Wars games around that same time just because I want that experience. I want to continue this experience. I don't want to just play the same one game over and over again. Of course. There was Jedi Power Battles, which is only on PlayStation and Dreamcast, which I would not get until years later. I played it and it's not, it's not that it's, great. It, it's like an early, it, it's like a 3D beat-em-up. Yeah. That's stuck like trying to be a platformer as well. It had some platforming elements, but it was very arcadey. Yeah. So, I wound up discovering at that point the Jedi Knight series. The Jedi Knight series, which is a, I, I guess you would say, spinoff of the Dark Forces series, which then spun off into Jedi Academy. Like, the whole fucking series is just, it's like Rambo almost. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I never played the first Dark Forces, which at the time many considered to be a doom, doom with Star Wars. Yes. A Doom clone. I, I assume that's how it was pitched. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I've played it. i played it now. I feel like it's a little more than that. Yes. For the most part, it is. And, I mean, it had the animated cutscenes. Right. Where Kyle... They did no service for Kyle Katarn and how he looks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He looks looks like a drunk, shifty old hobo (laughs) that was hit in the face repeatedly with a shovel with a (laughs) frying pan soldered onto it tied to an ugly (laughs) stick. He looks disheveled. He looks like he looks like he just got thrown out of a bar in a bad part of town. So by the time Jedi Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight One, which is the game my next game, came out, they had now live action cutscenes mixed with late nineties CGI. Right, cheaper CGI, so it looked very early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, low budget CGI. I got a handsome young man that looks like a uh, dashing version of Kenny Loggins in the 80s. Like Kyle Katarn. I don't know his real name. <laughs> but the interesting about it was that it was it was very much a 3D first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Until you get to start getting force powers. 
you find in your father's old lightsaber. Right. At that point, the lightsaber mechanics took a little bit of time to get. Basically, what would happen is you could still deflect lightsaber bolts. You could use the force. Deflecting lightsaber bolts, you basically had to have your crosshair on whatever bolt was coming after you. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever whatever shot, whatever laser beam was heading towards you. Right. That took a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And as the game went on and you increased your force power, you could get better at it. Right. But it was a little harder to do. Um, the force powers themselves were pretty tricky to do because they were they were mapped to keys on the keyboard. Gotcha. I remember first playing it with an old, like, um, I don't even know who the hell made it. I think it was a Microsoft PC controller. Okay. It was very hard to do. You, you really needed analog controls. We did not have that gotcha. on this controller. So it, 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 took, it took a long time for me to really figure out that this is a game you need to play with a mouse and keyboard. Need to. Mm-hmm. You have a ton of different force powers. Mapped to all different keys, obviously. You have a ton of different weapons, mostly blasters. For me, because the name of the game is Jedi Knight, once I get the lightsaber, I stick with it. You know, you don't use the blasters at all after that? I, I, I very little do, unless I absolutely need to. Gotcha. Now, which, which I mean, mean, was it just because of the principle of the name of the title, or is it because it became that much more fun? Um, a combination of both. Okay. I mean, this is a game about becoming a Jedi, so I'm, I want to play as a Jedi. There are instances later on, like one of the, one of the uh, I think like the second stage after you get your lightsaber is where you're infiltrating a base and there's ATST walkers. Ah. And you need like your uh, railgun or whatever the hell it is to take them down from far away gotcha. if you want to. There's laser turrets that come after you. There's a bunch of stormtroopers around said laser turrets, so you've got to... A lot of times you can't do everything with your lightsaber, especially not at that point. You're not strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you increase your force power is odd. You have to, in each level, there's a series of secret areas. Okay. You have to visit each secret area. Once you visit all of them in a level, you get you get a force point. Gotcha. And you can't assign these yet until you until you become start becoming a Jedi. But by the time you do, if you found all the secret areas, you have stockpiled a, a decent amount of points to get yourself um, powers. It's just funny because by that point... It's kind of like, I'm grabbing this. I don't know what I'll need it for, story-wise. Like, I don't know why I, I need this, but I'm going to take it anyway, only to be paid off later. For the most part. I mean, yeah. I don't know why I'm crawling through, you know, this small area. I don't know why I'm looking through these dusty corners. Gotcha. But it pays off later. And there is a light side, dark side alignment uh, system. Years before that became the norm and kind of how video games is, the, the, the weird morality system that is part of video games now. I want to say weird because, like, Red Dead Redemption... Um, started, uh, it put that out there pretty, uh, pretty hard. As it's well. been around for a very long time. Yeah. But it, was not, Star it was, Wars not, game. but it was not prevalent. It was not prevalent for, until recently. I argue that. Within 10, within the past 10 years. I'd say 10 years ago is real, where it really came in with KOTOR. And we'll get to that. But gotcha. Night Republic. And maybe even something else. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I didn't have the best PC. Ten years ago, so there was a lot of PC games I missed out on. I didn't have, I wasn't really into games as much as I am now ten years ago, so there's a lot I missed out on back then. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of uh, games with alignment systems that have been out there. This one was the first one that I really played. Alignment, there's a lot of civilians you could find. If you kill them, obviously, makes you over to the dark side more. If you choose to spare them, over to the light side more. Um, I'd say my criticisms about it is just that... The Force powers are very hard to use. Like, um, one thing I loved that they did in Jedi Jedi Knight 2, which I will also talk about, not too much more, because because 
it's 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 a much more refined version of Jedi Knight one. Mm-hmm. But in Jedi Knight one, you have a jump button and a force jump button. Gotcha. Like you have to assign force jump, so you can either regular jump or force jump, which you hold down on and then release yourself in the air. If you're in a place with a low ceiling, you can fucking kill yourself from hitting the ceiling too hard. <laughs> One of the things I liked about Jedi Knight 2 is that Force Jump and Jump were all one thing. Yeah. Where in the beginning, when you're just Kyle Katarn without his Jedi powers, after he gave them up, however you do that, you, all you can do is jump normal. But as you get on and get stronger, you could hold down the mouse button. I usually assign it to the mouse button jump, mm-hmm. one of the mouse buttons. You, the longer you hold down on it, the more of a Force Jump you do. So you can do a little jump, long jump, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> now... Would this be a game that you'd, I assume you would recommend to people if they can find it? It's on Steam. It's usually. on Steam, okay. Yeah. Usually, that and its expansion pack, Mysteries of the Sith, yeah. which stars, uh, I believe, a pre-married-to-Luke-Skywalker Mara Jade that you mostly play as. Oh, okay. You can find easily on Steam. I found Mysteries of the Sith is like $2 on Steam. Oh, I'd Jedi Knight is like $5. I think it's worth it if you can get behind the old-ass, you know, 32-bit polygon graphics, which I, think which I, I love. Yeah, no, I think it's like... If you're the kind of person that needs to see everything in fucking 4K and has to be at 60 frames per second, like that, you may not like this because it's not the most sharpest thing in the world. However, it, it, I, it, no, it is. It's just the polygon count is lower because it's a like a PlayStation One era game. Yeah, that you can't go in and change. The 3D models are inherently going to be a lower polygon no, count. Yeah, but I'm saying like some people would be like, oh, it has to be up to date. It has to be the best looking thing in the world. For me to play it, otherwise, why would I play it? Yeah, it, it, I, I look. I, I hate how people say thirty-two uh, bit PS One Saturn and sixty-four era games have aged with their look. It, it, it aged as well as I feel as Picasso art is aged. Abstract versus realism. Gotcha. Good. That's a good analogy, right? I, there. I, I love the way PS One. Just before you came over, I was playing Final Fantasy Eight. Yeah. I still love how that game looks. But then again, you are playing it through the Frame Meister. So I am playing it through an XRGB Mini Frame Meister in RGB on a 1080p HD television. It's scaled. Yeah. So I mean, there is a series of clarity where you bring out all the flaws as well as the good things. Mm-hmm. But it all goes with the territory. Right. The Saturn, I still think, looks amazing. I love playing, you know, Virtual Fighter 2, which is in 480 fucking I, which mm. back then was on, you know, your fighting games pretty much are the only thing that did that. Most people didn't even know about resolutions on a console back then. Do you prefer the Saturn over the PS1? Uh, graphically, graphically, with my setup, yes. Uh, games, no. Okay. And, and that's another topic. Gotcha. We'd be here for another couple hours. Just I just want to touch on Jedi Knight 2. This is something I didn't play immediately when it came out. Mm-hmm. I feel everything about it is so much more refined. Your progression in you know how your force powers grow is so much better. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot more polished. They really went in there, worked out a lot of the kinks, a lot of the things that didn't work and made them work. Your lightsaber deflection is great. Fighting other Jedis is even better. Like that's ama- I used to play the demo of it, which is one level over and over again. I played a little bit of it at my friend's house because he had, I believe it, on Xbox. And it's like, and it was one, it was interesting to see to see Luke Skywalker pretty much as a Jedi Master. And he's very monk-like, even more so in that he's very subdued. He's kind of settling into how Obi-Wan and Yoda was. And that he was just like, just somebody to sit here in my quiet. And that's, he, he kind of stands there with his arms behind his back and just look out to distance, just letting the forest flow through him and stuff like that. I thought that was a nice character, uh, nice progression of where he was at the end of Return of the He's Jedi. Like the Shaolin Master, exactly that he is 
they've always said like the Jedi's were like monks or samurai. That was like the perfect representation of that in a video game. And Billy D. Williams is back. Uh, Who doesn't love Billy D. Williams and uh, some Colt Forty Five? Colt Forty Five. Which people are thinking about? He has to come back for episode not, uh, episode eight, eight or nine or whatever. I, I hope so, but I hope not in the same way where it's another fucking callback to Empire. Yeah, no, I want him to be an actual character. Somebody say like have spoilers if you haven't seen Force Awakens. I don't know how. I don't know how you haven't. Uh, Han Spoiler Solo's- alert! Skip skip a couple of skip a minute or two after this. Han Solo was killed by his son Kylo Ren. Billy D. Williams chewing. Teaming up with uh, Chewbacca to call and kick uh, Kylo Ren's ass. I don't know what Billy D. Williams can do at his age, but who knows? We'll see. He'll throw Cool 45 kids at him just to be thrown back at him by Kylo Ren. Who knows? That's something I want to see. Let him have him be part of the plot, not be a contrivance like Princess Leia. I want to see Kylo Ren throw acid in his face and he finally becomes Two-Face. <laughs> like we were denied. Uh, I've met a few words, but my words count. And so do my actions. We're going to be knocking down the doors. Anyway, (laughs) watch Batman 89, people. You'll get a real kick out of seeing him in that. Now, the next game, uh, both of us have a uh, connection to. We have a love for. A love for because you can still get it if you have an arcade near you. Dave and Busters. Dave and Busters or anything like that. And you want to see what leaving your plasma screen TV on all day for 20 years does. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's like all the tearing and stuff like that. Star burning, Wars Trilogy burning. Arcade. Beautiful. It's got more burning than a cow's ass on a farm <laughs> after they branded him. <laughs> now this game, you play through the major battles throughout the entire original Star Wars Trilogy. The defending of Yavin and the Death Star attack. Uh, the Hoth base, both the, the uh, speeder battle and as well as the getting through the base and fighting off. Through Echo Base. Uh Fighting through uh, stormtroopers and the uh, what were the snow the snow wampas the, wa- the wampas that you would find somehow restoring them at one point in there do not know why then of course there is the um, the duel between you and Boba Fett as you as Luke Skywalker the speeder bike chase in uh, Return of the Jedi battle on Endor and it ends with you versus Darth Vader and then if you've got no. FR. Ends with the space battle outside the, the, the Death, Death Star. Star. Ends with you blowing up the Death Star. It's an on-rail shooter, mm-hmm. which many arcade games are. You have your you know arcade stick, a little uh, joystick there. Um, you can choose to play whatever episode you want in whatever order. Yeah, you don't have to go chronological. I came so close to beating that game 100% uh, senior year in high school, 14 years ago. Frickin', we were at this old place called Sports Plus, which is now no longer there. Oh. They, we had a, I had a big bag of tokens. Yeah. And the only thing I fucked up on, I beat Darth Vader. Darth Vader, uh, the duel with Darth Vader and Boba Fett are like the bonus rounds. Yeah. I fucked, I, I beat those. The only thing I fucked up on was blowing up the second Death Star. I didn't get one of the things you had to blow up inside. Right. It's the only thing I screwed up on. <sighs> Now, were there people, like, lining up for you to be done? To no, so just this one kid was watching me. Oh, okay. And uh, it's almost like there's so much love for that game, uh, and I've spent so much money playing that game, whether it be here or whenever my family went on vacation in Ocean City, Ocean City, Maryland, where the boardwalk, they had a bunch of arcades, and almost every arcade had a version of that, which I loved. And... I don't know. I think if you could choose, what was your favorite map to play? Hmm. 
Probably anything where you're where you're piloting a vehicle. Okay. Anything like the Death Star battles or Hoth. Not when you're on foot. Not really, because because at that point at that point it's a, it's an on rail shooter. You have no control of where you move. It's just shoot the guys in the corner. Good point. Shoot the guys that pop out from off screen. Um, can you choose which one that you prefer over the others? Or probably final final Death Star battle because it has the most. That's true. I think I prefer the original Death Star battle. Maybe it's because uh, who knows? Maybe it's because it's the easiest one. I don't know because it's ra- you go through it rather quickly if you're any good at any rail games. But what do you see would be the toughest part of that game for you? Um, the toughest part is definitely the bonus battles between Boba Fett and Darth Vader, and that is mostly because since you're using a joystick and you're you're in it, those levels are first person perspective where you have the lightsaber. A lot of times you'll think to move the joystick back like the controls are inverted right like where you pull it back you'll move up right but instead you have to move it in different directions based on where the arrows tell you yeah and since they're not inverted it can be difficult you could wind up going in the exact opposite direction and getting yourself killed right and if you don't make enough strikes if you don't kill them before a certain point they will kill you yeah you're very much on a limit if you fuck up too many times or even just one too many times you lose right and then you lose that bonus round, you don't get to play again, you don't get 100% completion. Yeah. I don't think I was ever, ever able to defeat Boba Fett, but I think I was able to defeat Darth Vader at least once. Um, Boba Fett was always, was a bane in my existence whenever I played at, played him, but... And... It was just, like, one of those things... Because I think it's because, like, it's such an immersive experience because you're sitting down in a, in a big chair, huge screen in front of you, you got the John Williams score, you have all the sound effects and everything like that, the whole arcade always goes like he always like tunnel vision. Whenever I played it, the whole arcade disappears. It's just me in the game, and it's went like much like Star Wars itself. It has left an indelible effect on me. And all other like first person like Star Wars games, whether it be whether it be fighting games or like when it's uh, starships, I always compare it to Star Star Wars arcade. Sure, the graphics may be better, but I don't know can it, can it replicate the experience for me. And not many have. Would you agree? Um, I would say not replicate, but definitely surpass it. Mm-hmm. Because it's an arcade game. Arcade games are meant to be simple quarter eaters. Yeah. There are many more deeper first-person arcade games, like the Jedi Knight series. Uh, true. That I feel are much deeper in uh, you know gameplay and what you can do. This is really just point and shoot, but it's really good at what it does. As mm. a rail shooter, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just tough, you know, how the, like I said, with the joystick, one, you know, you'll do the space battles, it'll be inverted controls one minute, and then the lightsaber battle's not inverted the next. Yeah. And that screws you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, I don't think there's a, I, I, at least, it, it's been a while since I've tried, but I have not found an arcade emulator because that can weird, run because it. Of, because, of the project, because of it being projected on that screen. Not necessarily. That's just a big plasma screen. Oh. It, it's just that, like, the more advanced arcade games have gotten, the the uh, less I've really seen proper emulation for them. Like, com- like, emulation where there's no problems. Gotcha. Like, I still can't get Virtual Fighter... 100% on an emulator mm. or Virtual Fighter 2. Right. There's some games Tekken 3 moves like it moves like they're walking through freaking mud. It's so slow. It is. <laughs> it's because the emulation is very imperfect. Same thing with Mortal Kombat 4. Yeah. And the arcade version of that has never been released anywhere else. No. Oh man, I'm just thinking that was like it's because it's slow and fat. 
It really is slow and fat. <laughs> I gave my heart. Let's listen to some crowbar while you're at it. Uh, the next game that we're talking about is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now, of course, this is a tie-in game to go along with the movie. Came out before the movie, so I knew what was going to happen in the movie before... I think I everybody knew. It's like, hmm, oh my god, he becomes Darth Vader at <laughs> no, the end? No shit, <laughs> Sherlock. It was more about Spoiler the... Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, it's more about the plot beats that actually happen. Um, more because about how it happens than what happens. Yeah, and it's, all, and it's two forms of games in one. Where you're pl- pretty much like almost like a platform game, just going around and slicing down battle droids, going to certain areas... Shooting down like big gun turrets if need be, and then it would go to this Mortal Kombat style fighting with lightsabers. And you could play as Obi Wan and Anakin throughout the series, both when Obi Wan and Anakin are good guys, and when Anakin, excuse me, turns into Darth Vader, and you're killing uh, Jedi in the academy, which is a lot of fun. Now let me ask: When it goes to that one-on-one fighting game, is it like Masters of Terrascasi, where your lightsaber has the effectiveness of a wiffle bat? Practically, okay. just, just like whack, 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 whack. Like, all right, all right, fine. And then each and like every like person you kill, whether in the regular platformers, and then when you go to the Mortal Kombat style fighting. You can get up. You can get upgrades for your characters, so more force moves and more and your lightsaber attacks and stuff like that. And my favorite moments was, I think, actually when you're Anakin going through the Jedi Academy, you're just slicing down uh, Jedi left and right, and you're pulling. And they did so much more in this game than they did in the movie, showing him how much power he is and have him tear the Jedi Academy apart with his force powers. And I'm like, that's what we should have seen. And some of the voice acting in that is a little better than uh, Hayden Christensen's performance in the movie, but I think I fault that to Lucas's writing and direction. I just blame it all on George Lucas. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it still has that moment like it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground of twelve feet above you. You know what's funny? I, I, I'll never forget. Right after, like, like a couple months after that came out. There was an episode of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yes, I watched Gilmore Girls when I was younger. Fag. It was great. Oh, fuck that. The two of them are so hot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> where where uh, Luke and Lorelai are having an argument while Luke is helping work on a roof. Yeah. And he says, I win this argument. Why? Because I have the high ground. <laughs> and at the beginning of the episode, they had just gotten out of seeing Star Wars Episode Three, and they were arguing about how stupid that is. So later in the episode, while he's standing on top of a roof working... Arguing with her. I win the argument. Why? Because I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> but also it has all my favorite, like, whatever my favorite memes. It always pops up when my friends are, like, when we were in school. And, like, the first half of the meme would be a picture of a teacher. This is not a paper you can do overnight. And it cuts to Anakin, like, close up. You underestimate my oh, yeah. power. How many papers I've done like that, I can't. I've lost count. When Gilmore Girls makes you look stupid, you know you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I guess, like, one of the, like, the, are you saying, like, the lightsaber is, is equivalent of a wiffle bat? You could consider that a negative for this game. And some of it is, granted, it's PS2 graphics. It's not the greatest. Like, I still think one of the best-looking games on the PS2 was Snake Eater. Would you agree? Oh, God, yes. And so I, I, I unfairly judge a lot of games by that. Um, but you got to think, it's 2005. It's near the end of the system's life and stuff like that. However, <laughs> Not really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> kept it going like almost almost 10 more years. Yeah, but they didn't release them anymore. New games. They released like the sports games that ever came out that year. Yeah. That's about it. Um, so I, it may not look like the, the best-looking game ever for PS2. However... Just for 
replayability and just for the arcade mode just to like have like Count Dooku versus Darth Vader or old Obi-Wan versus Mace Windu that's a lot of fun and I highly recommend it just getting for that alone and now the next game we talk about it goes back to you sir and what is um, I'm actually going to go back a couple of years to 2002 get back well but two, a couple of years before episode 3 um Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. We're going into real-time strategy now. Right. Um, if you have played Age of Empires 2, literally slap Star Wars onto that and you have that game. I'm sure that's how it was pitched. Probably. <laughs> that, but that was the final product. But if you love Age of Empires 2, you should definitely enjoy Galactic Battlegrounds. It is exactly the same fucking game to the T <laughs> of Age of Empires 2. Oh, God. Um... Some of the things that are that are clearly Star Wars and Star Wars only, not Age of Empires, like flying mechs. Oh, uh, <laughs> that that those mechanics are a bit on the uh, disappointing side. Disappointed. Just a just a tad. <laughs> when you ha- when you have your uh, your air base and you have a flying mech, which pretty much hovers only a f- what looks like a few feet above everything else. Right. And then when a fleet of like your opponents come in come in to uh, attack you and your mm-hmm. citizens can't do anything but just run around and get killed. Mm-hmm. You need anti-air guns and anti-air soldiers and stuff. That part sucked. Yeah. But everything that they pretty much lifted from Age of Empires was great. I played this game for hours on end. Gotcha. Just because I love being a um, complete destructor who marches into a town with a huge army and kills everyone and everything in sight. Before you go any further, when you were talking about Jedi... Um Academy and stuff like that, when you or like with the where you can have the moral barometer of, of being a good guy or a bad guy. Did you always fall on the dark side? At first, I did, and then I, and then I would try the light side. I was always like dark side first. Okay, is and did you always just destroy level oh, towns? Oh yeah, you? because there is no there is no like alignment system in this, and there right. never was in Age of, in Age of Empires two. So this, I would just, and, and I mean, if there were times when like the enemy was kicking my ass and I would finally beat them. There was a cheat code to summon the Death Star, oh, and God. this thing you literally have to watch out where you shoot it because it will destroy anything on the map. <laughs> usually, if usually at least with this game, um, if you had something like a catapult or trebuchet or whatever, something with high amount of destructive power, it would only kill anything if you aimed it at an enemy. Like it, you, like you couldn't destroy your own stuff, gotcha. or your own buildings. Even if you would like said attack, you know this point. Specifically, and that point it happened to be like one of your houses, it wouldn't destroy it. The Death Star in Galactic Battlegrounds would level fucking everything in sight. Oh, God. So you had to be very careful. You had to assign it to not attack unless you tell it to. Right. Because if you summon this thing, if you if you put this cheat code in, this is not, you cannot normally have a Death Star. Yeah. And it's interesting just having a, de- a fucking Death Star, which is about the size of a Christmas ornament, hovering above your town. <laughs> just a couple of feet above. I'm just imagining like uh, Majora's Mask. That's what I'm imagining, except smaller. <laughs> oh God! But if you summon this thing and there was and, and there was a battle going on, like enemy forces had invaded your town, and you summon this thing right at that point, everything is set to attack the enemy on sight. So you would fire and level your entire town along with you, the enemies with it. Jesus Christ! So what I would do is I would just send the thing, and the thing moves so slow. <laughs> It was it was literally like it was literally like if you hang a Christmas ornament on a stick and then just carefully move it across your house. That's how slow it moved. But when it gets there, nothing lives. A lot of times they'd surrender. They're like, we're 
surrender. A lot of times they would surrender, and I'd still wipe them all out. Oh God, you're vicious. I would still kill all the motherfuckers and just burn to see the burn and blow it. Empire at War. I tried getting into. I, for whatever reason, I just couldn't get into it. Maybe I was just just tired of real time strategy games at the time. I need to give it another try because I got it in that Star Wars uh, collection. Right from Steam. From Steam. All right. So. Other than the Death Star moving really slow and stuff like that and being a carbon copy of Age of Empires, what would you say another criticism would be? Or is, or is it just that? Um, there's not much to the music. The music is pretty much like Duel of the Fates. Just over and over? Dun, dun. There's so dun, dun. few music. There's so little music it feels like it's playing over and over again. Gotcha. What I would do is I would turn the music completely off just to have sound effects and I'd have like my music or stand-up comedy playing in the background. <laughs> Just imagine, like, I just send the Death Star after after my people with Mouth for War playing in the background. <laughs> or my favorite one, actually, ironically, my favorite to listen to, just because like I would play this game so much in the middle of the night with my headphones on. Mm-hmm. I would play "A Place for My Stuff" by George Carlin. <laughs> he was very mellow in that one. I just yeah. there was just this mellowness of like playing a real time strategy game, the slow build up of your forces and right. everything in the middle of the night at four in the morning. Listening to George Carlin in his in his silly days. Oh man, it was very peaceful. I was to say, how do you like George? I know off topic completely from the subject matter. What do you think of Carlin when he gets older and his stuff? Love him more than his mellow. Love stuff? him more than his mellow. Stuff. That's how I first discovered him. Right when he became a cantankerous old coot. <laughs> Love him because he says he says. George Carlin's comedy you could listen to from 1996, from 20 years ago. Right. And it still is relevant today. Yeah. Just because of how little things really change and how much history repeats itself. And one of my favorite jokes of him is like, you know the people who are against abortion are people you would want to fuck, fuck in the, the first place. place. Back, in, back in town, the entire in opening to back in town uh, is relevant in 2016. Yes. 20 years later. Moving on. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront was something we both can talk about. The original Battlefront. Original Battlefront, not the EA one that just came out last year. Not microtransactions, the game. (laughs) You you promise not to be too ranty. The season pass is like passing a kidney stone. (laughs) (laughs) So Star Wars Battlefront is that you're replicating the moments of the big battles in Star Wars on the uh, the PS2. Call of Duty. In Star Wars. Yeah, but... But uh, so much of its own. A lot more fun. So much of its own. But that's just like a starting... Like Medal of Honor, Call of Duty. Yeah. I'm talking the original Medal of Honor and the older Call of Duties before Modern Warfare. Right. Um, You know, first person shooter. Is there a third person perspective you can do? Yes. All right. Third person perspective you can do. Mostly first person shooter replicates all the great battles. Mm -hmm. And also gives you some new ones. And like one of my favorite moments in it... um, that always stand out to me was the Hoth battle, where I played as the Rebels against the Empire. Now, usually, you would lose that battle because of just the overwhelming odds. However, it ended up being one player on one team left. And I was trying to search the fucking map, trying to find this guy, because he was... Because I'm just like, you have lost the base. I'm like, where the fuck is he? Then I had to I had to follow him before he got to all the bases, and eventually found him in a... Uh, trying to take the uh, echo base and I just blast them away at the last moment. I'm like, holy shit! Because you got 250 men per side. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I right? think you could up it in Battlefront too. Okay, which we'll, we'll also get into Battlefront too because it was so similar. Uh, and I'm just, it was just like one of the most nerve like tension filled gameplay moments that I've ever played, other than Snake Eater when you're versing uh, the end, which is the old man sniper, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That always, like, the first time I played through fighting him, 
like I was on pins and needles for like an hour just like trying to find him and shit like that. And another one of my favorite moments of it is that it was playing Naboo. And I'm not sure if this is Battlefront 1 or... Because Battlefront 2, you can put uh, different... You can choose either either game, like either Galactic Empire or the Clone Wars in each each different level. Those eras. Right. But, like, you can play something... Like, you can have the Galactic Soldiers, the Stormtroopers, in, like, Kamino and correct like that. I don't remember. But it was, like... It was the Endor, like, troops in Naboo. I end up being in this, like, sniper's nest. And I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I had, like... 23 kills, like, within five minutes. I'm just like, holy shit, I'm gonna make a kaboom. So, like, a rocket launcher takes me out. I'm like, oh, all right. Now, what would you say your best favorite memories of playing this game? Well, I love that, you know, it had most of the great game modes. You had uh, Kill Everybody. Yeah. Capture the the Flag. flag, Where you have many different mini bases scattered all over. And you have to stay in them for a certain amount of time before it becomes taken over by whoever you are. Right. Um, I love the variety in the areas variety in the troops. They all have different weapons. They all have different capabilities. Um, I love, you know, recreating the Battle of Hoth. You get in a land speeder and triple, triple walker. Yeah. The only trouble is that the camera angles, because it's all right behind the third, per, you know, third person perspective. Yeah, it's a little tough. It can be very hard to see yourself wrapping around this fucker. Mm-hmm. You could actually get into an AT-AT and pilot it. Yeah. You could steal just... it. Yeah. You could steal enemy vehicles and destroy stuff. Granted, granted, the AT-AT was like one of the slowest things created was, by the Empire. It was, tough. You could blow up parts of the bases. You could blow up the shield generator on Hoth. Mm-hmm. You could blow up all kinds of stuff that helps the enemy. It's just just so much to do. It's so much It's so much destruction. Yes. <laughs> you could destroy so many things. And then when we got around to Battlefront 2, a lot of times I look at Battlefront 2 as almost like an expansion pack. Yeah, because it's not too much different. Because like all the same levels are in there except more. But now you have space battles. Now you have, um, like, iconic characters that you could take over as. If you get a certain, like, kill streak, you could take over as, like, Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or the Emperor. The Emperor was fun, going around the Death Star and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, him floating as he walked. Well, you could use the Force, use your lightsaber, and just mow everyone down. Yep. I love the space battles, though. Yeah. That was fun. That brought me back to the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter days, because it was all in space. And I loved how you could board an enemy craft and basically f- fucking destroy it from the inside. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was that you couldn't blow the entire thing up. Yeah. You could blow up all their guns. You could disable their shields. Mm-hmm. You could fucking... Dis- you could do so many- disable their engines, destroy it from within or without. And I was always the crazy-ass renegade who would just fly my X-Wing directly into the, into the freaking landing bay of the enemy ship. Yeah. Start opening fire at everyone until they were all dead. Exactly. And then run in and just... Destroy everything from the inside. Just like one crazy son of a bitch is like, ah, I'm gonna take this motherfucker down. I was. And the cool, I mean, in Battlefront One, there were some levels where you could get into an X-wing and pilot it. I think on uh, Cloud City. Yes. But you can't take it outside the boundaries of the level. No. This one you could do entirely space battle, which was great. Mm -hmm. The only thing that it was missing, which ironically was added in in Battlefront Elite Squadron for PSP, Mm. was ground to space battles. Yes. Where you could have one big battle. And you could transition between fighting in space and fighting on the ground. Yeah. Had had the true Battlefront 3 come out, I was waiting for this. I was praying for it. And that game got canceled. Yes. And the current Battlefront has, like, a f- like maybe the smallest things from the first one. Right. Like the most important things. New mechanics in it. It's more of a modernized first-person shooter. Or modernized shooter. Yeah, it's, like, it's truly something that came out in the post-Call of Duty modern warfare era. But it, just EA's whole 
you know debacle of holding that their whole their whole uh, I guess you would call it content service these days absolutely is deplorable. Now the game costs sixty dollars, yet the bulk of the content you have to pay like another forty four. Bullshit. The season pass. Anyway, my favorite, like probably one of my favorite battles is on. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's Kashyyyk that has like the two sides of like these two beaches. You can run across like this like knee height lake and stuff like that, and they have this kind of like weird dock. They have the two like bases on top and stuff like that. And I don't know. I always love the just how expansive it is, and especially getting on top and have like sniper rifle people on the ground and sniper sniping like. Was my second favorite, other than just being the regular ground trooper and just going and blasting them. And I think one of the toughest one was most Eisley, because there's so many nooks and crannies people can come out of, and so you really had to cover your ass when you're walking around there, like trying to take down enemies. It was also shitty when you try and take a base, and it's like it's just bottleneck, and you had like the destroyer droids right there, so you just got to like grenade, 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 because yeah. you're not gonna be able to take down a shield before it kills you. Um, I do feel like uh. Some of the, like, destroyer droids, like, some of them were really overpowered. As well as, like, the graphics were not great. They were serviceable. They were good. They were awesome. I liked them. But, like... I loved them. Comparison to other things in the, and that came out of the PS2 at that time, some of them were a little bit better. It's, however, that was, not, that was not the forefront of what this game was. It was being able to live those battles from a different perspective. You're not seeing it from Luke Han or Leia. You're seeing it from a ground trooper. From just a soldier. And just dealing with it that way. And it's something... I always found it to be a lot of fun, and I highly recommend getting those two before, if you're going to get the new EA one, if you're going to support there. Get, also for the PSP, don't get Battlefront 2 for PSP, get Renegade Squadron and Elite Squadron. They really refined the PSP controls for that, and the campaigns for those were really cool. Dope. I check those out. And what's the last game that you want to talk about? Um, The last two on here I have sort of combined, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Now, Knights of the Old Republic takes place, like, like what, 4,000 years before the... Something like that. It's, or 40,000 years, I don't know, whatever. It, it, but it's 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 the pre-Star Wars era. Many people consider these to be superior to the fucking prequels. Oh, for sure. I, I think it is because there's so much At attention... Least story. To, story-wise, because so much attention to detail was given to that. It's like it's what the expanding universe should, like... The best of the expanded universe, along with the Thrawn trilogy. It's something fresh too. You're starting with brand new characters. You're not inhibited by anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, there is still the the fact that you're mega based at the end that you have to blow up the Star Forges. You know that it's Kotor's Death Star. Yeah, essentially, and the fact that the Sith destroy the entire planet of Taris, but they don't blow it up. They just open fire on it from space until every building is leveled and everyone's dead. Right. But, I mean, there's a few callbacks, but this one is, it's it's a uh, real-time RPG for the most part. There is still some, you know, planning. You don't go into the full RPG battle mode, mm-hmm. but you still select your attacks like an RPG. You take damage, you deal damage. Um, it uses the D20 gameplay style, like Neverwinter Nights used. Yeah. Where it's all based on the system essentially rolling virtual dice. Gotcha. Goes in the background, very very Dungeons and Dragonsy, to determine how effective your hits are, whether they hit, whether they miss. Um, as you gain force powers, you you know every time you level up, you could use you could get your force powers. You also have skills like uh, computer use, which is effective as how you use computers. Right. Um, whether you need a certain amount of you know like parts or. Uh, what is it? Security spikes, they're called. Mm-hmm. Spikes to hack into computers. Right. 
the higher your computer you score, the low, the fewer you have to use. You have demolitions, which is uh, mine clearing and how effective you lay down mines. Security for unlocking doors and pickpocketing. Repair for repairing equipment, repairing computers. And then there's the ones like awareness, which is how well you are aware of your surroundings and how easily you pick up on enemies before they can find you. Mm -hmm. Persuade, that comes in handy when dealing with characters and how well you can persuade them. Gotcha. You know, you could also use force persuade if you want, but sometimes you don't get as well a result using force persuade as you would just using regular persuade. Now, do you mean because, like, not effective or you won't get as many points? Not as not effective, but your, your outcomes might be differently if you genuinely get someone to do something a certain way for you rather than sort of make them by using the force. Gotcha. And also things like treat injury, which is how effective your med, med kits and stuff are. Right. And your your force healing powers. You have ass loads of power. You have tons of powers that you can select, both light and dark side. Uh, this has the, the moral alignment system. If you are more to the light side and you, and you choose dark side powers... They will cost more of your force to use because they're completely the opposite of your alignment. Gotcha. So I remember the first time playing it, I I got force heal, which mm -hmm. was a light side power, and I was a dark side Jedi. So it would cost a ton of my force powers to heal myself. Gotcha. I didn't realize that there was a dark side power, absorb health, which is a dark side power. Right. So you could heal yourself that way, and it would cost you less force points. As you go on, you build up, you build up, you almost become freaking invincible by this point. You are you are, and once you know how to do it, you are a destroyer. There are tons of armor, weapons, uh, you can modify your lightsaber to use different crystals for different effects, change the color of it. There's so many things. You have a, a party of nine characters that you use, all different. You have humans, you have a Twi'lek character, you have a, a Wookiee, uh, you have a couple Jedi characters, you have a Mandalorian bounty hunter, all with different things. And same deal for them. You can modify their weapons, change what arm they use, mod modify their web their armor, mm -hmm. blah. Modify their armor. <laughs> so many variables. Um, the story is fantastic. And I, I, I mean, even even 11 years after... Actually, no, more than 11 years. Yeah, it has to be. 12 years. Because, yeah, 12 years after it came out, I still don't even want to give away the big spoiler. Because it's one of the great... I consider it one of the greatest game twists of all time. Well, tell me off mic because I want to know. But... Just, you, just get it on Steam and play it. You'll love it. What would you say your criticism of the games would be? That you are level capped at level fucking 30. And if you had been going around really making the most out of yourself, because you can get experience points through many different ways, not just fighting. Right. Through how you deal with characters, stuff like that, how you handle situations, how you explore, mm -hmm. how you you know use like the computers and stuff to get information or to gain access or places. It all factors into your experience. You can quickly cap yourself before you're on the last level. Okay. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, because... And depending on what class... You have, like, two diff three different classes of Jedi and, like, three different classes of just regular human of what you can do. And those all affect whether you can... Whenever you level up, whether you could put more points into your skills or uh, things called feats, which are just always active traits about you. Mm-hmm. And stuff you can do, like more types of attack, uh, whether you could use implants to um, enhance yourself, your tough toughness, proficiency with a certain style of weapon, mm -hmm. reducing the penalty the uh, penalty for two-handed weapons, the um, hit-or-miss penalty. Gotcha. Stuff like that. But depending on what class you choose, you'll progress differently in all these. There's so many variables, and it's great. 
it, it's something that's that, why people still play it till this day. I've played through it so many times. It's like a it's like a thirty hour game. And you still how many times you probably played through it? God knows how many. I don't yeah. know. I, I've put hundreds of hours into it. Just but just playing it over and over again, finding out what works the best for me. Right. That's the fun part about it. Kotor two. I would I would definitely I love Kotor. I like Kotor two more than Kotor one because of everything they added to it. Kotor two notoriously had the one year development time. Right. Uh, Kotor two they took away the level cap. Uh, even though it comes to the point where there's only. One type of enemy, when you go to the Sith Planet Korriban, there are these, like, dra- dragon lizards. Those are the only types of enemies that respawn. Mm-hmm. So, technically, you could get yourself up to, like, level 99 if you wanted to, just grinding, killing these things over and over again. Right. But you do not get capped. You can, modif- you can modify your lightsaber and guns and armor even more. You have workbenches where you can create these modifications. Holy shit. Depending on your skills. You can equip, you can equip armor and... Um, you can equip stuff that will enhance it. Me, a lot of times, I will, like, stockpile stuff that enhances many of my skills to a certain point. Mm-hmm. So, say, to create this one lightsaber enhancement, I need to have my computer use skill really high. I will equip, like, four different things that boost my computer use skill right. just so I could do it. And then move on to and then equip something else to do another part. There's even more lightsaber crystals this time. There's so much to it. Like, I, I have made, like, a Jedi that is, like... I have made a whole just team of people that is just untouchable. <laughs> and I would assume you highly recommend this. I highly recommend it, even though the ending is one of the most disappointing in all of Star Wars games. I would say the most. Really? Because of the, the, the uh, cut development time. They did not get to fully flesh out the ending. Oh, okay. <laughs> there so- have been... Mo- hold on. Just one more thing. There have been mods... To restore the cut content. Okay. Because a lot of it was still on the disc. A lot of times when something is cut from the final game, it'll still be there as data on the disc. Monitors can go in there, hack that disc, and restore it. There have been restoration efforts. Um, you have to look it up. There's been so many. I remember the one that I was waiting the longest time for. They just shut down. Someone completed it, though, but it was so it was so freaking buggy, My it was always crashing. Gotcha. And that's another thing, too, because the short development time, this one is even buggier than the first one. The first one's pretty buggy. Yeah. This one's even buggy. Oh, no, when we were playing it, like, the one you download from Steam, it was a little buggy, just the few minutes I got to see. Yeah. Well, the problem, too, is that a lot of times quests won't activate in right. KOTOR 2 with the bugs. This is one famous one. We have to find these two bounty hunters. It's part of an ongoing quest to arrest these two bounty hunters. They went from the space station you're on onto the planet below. The most prevalent bug I found is where when you get down on that planet, they are not there. It fails to execute that part of the quest. Ah, oh, Jesus. So that that kind of ruins the experience. KOTOR 2, if you can get past all the bugs and a lot of the cut content, you will find what I consider to be a better gameplay. Gotcha. More refined gameplay. More refined gameplay in that in that sequel is better kind of way. Okay. The story is a little weaker. The story is much darker. It's the dark second chapter. Yeah, of course. Uh, you play as a different person this time. And, yeah, I, I highly recommend both of them. If you can get KOTOR 2, get it get it, and look up some kind of restoration project mod. Get it on PC. Why was there never a third one? It got canceled. Like Battlefront 3. Like Battlefront 3. It got canceled, but we got Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, which takes place even further in the future. Even and, past? No, even further in the future of the Knights of the Old Republic series. Okay. Or, like, hundreds of years into the future, you know, from Knights, of, from Knights 2. Gotcha. You know. There's yet another Sith and Jedi war. Of so. course, because that's what that always happens. Anyway, 
So I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed our list of video games and stuff like that. Amidst what we were talking, I remembered one video game, one Star Wars video game I owned, but I totally forgot about Star Wars Bounty Hunter when you play as Jango Fett in the events between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Highly recommend it because there's moments like amongst your like doing your regular missions, you can go through first person view and like scan people to see what kind of bounties they are, and you can collect bounties amidst your your campaigns is always always a lot of fun, and just I think that story is really cool. And despite the true idea of Clone Wars, kind of is muddled by the attack of the clones, because I always thought the Clone Wars were attacking the Republic rather than us there being our army and turning on them. Anyway, I hope I've been enjoying this podcast on Star Wars. I know we're kind of cutting it off at like the year two thousand and five, pretty much for these games. It's just like. Everything that has come since really has not connected with me. Not so much to the point because I stopped playing video games for a while. I haven't really. I've only gotten into video games, back into video games rather recently. But those are very sparing, and it's few and far between because I don't have enough time. I, well, I don't have any of the current gen consoles, right? So I don't have like the Battlefront that Force Unleashed. I, I really didn't like. I don't really want to talk about that. I I, I got the first four Force Unleashed because it was no Star Wars thing, and I thought it'd be cool to have them just be really playing an angsty character, but the idea at the end of the first game where, like, Darth Vader knows that Princess Leia is part of the Resistance and yet somehow surprised by it when it comes to New Hope, always found to be bullshit, so that's why I didn't bother. That's why it kind of killed it for me. We should do, like, a part two of this, except with games that we didn't play that we got into now. That would take a lot. Not really. I mean... Well, I mean, it would take a lot of time to play through these, because we had, like, eight games each. We just covered, I think, like, 16 games. That's true. A very long podcast so far. Yeah, almost close to an hour and a half. Yeah, there you go. So, I'm well, who, who knows if we can ever get a freaking Twitch channel running? That's that's uh, tentative plans. Yeah, might as well. It's, it's tax season soon, so hopefully with returns, exactly something can come. I'm also this. thinking like maybe we do our favorite video games overall. Oh shit! Don't make me decide. Look at look at all those I have. I know. I know that's a total visual for everyone listening. But anyone, any of my friends listening that know me personally know I have. Way too many video games. Exactly. And want more. I, I know my number one. It's just like after that. I don't know my number one. My, my number one is still Max Payne. The first Max Payne for PS2. Right. Anyway. I have it for PC. Even, uh, even nicer. <laughs> I had a Max Payne mod that let you do... Kung Fu. Kung Fu like the Matrix. Yes. Especially when you come out. I, I just found about that today because I was, I was listening to the soundtrack while I was writing today. And I found out about that and I was watching people doing the mods and like using the staff and shit like that. Hilarious. Now, if you want to follow me on social media based upon the entertainment you got from this podcast, you can find me on Twitter at TimothyRooney2, uh, Instagram at TRooney1012, and my Facebook page and YouTube page called Through the Lens Productions. Mike, you don't have social media. You, that you want? To I make. have social media, but you don't want to follow me, and I don't want you to follow me. Exactly. Don't so, follow me. I don't like people following me. Yeah, so. In, exactly. on, on the street and online. <laughs> so This you, is all I need. This is just my little chance to come out of my cave and. Yeah, and, chime in with my opinion. And I like the own. fact that you want to do these, and you go like you say, like, when are we doing another one? You actually seem it's very fun. happy. Exactly, it's lots of fun. And I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast on SoundCloud.com. And hopefully, stay the- stay tuned in the next couple of months. There might be a Twitch channel coming right, or YouTube gaming channel coming. And we will we will let you know when that happens and what and where you can find it. <coughs> As I slowly die before the podcast is over. Stay tuned for more geek and pop culture coming at you from this uh, page, Anything Goes by Tim Rooney, and we'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos.